0: oklahoma business down in El reno they're also in bethany as well so people in the bethany area know the diffies really well but if you're looking for anything new used um ford lincoln or whatever i'm sure they could find anything you want um check them out diffieford.net and then on instagram at diffieford lincoln this episode is presented by citizens bank of edmund citizens bank of edmund has been serving edmund since 1901 they pride themselves on investing in the community and are here for all your personal and business banking needs For more information, go to mycitizens.bank and follow them on Instagram at citizensedmond, as well as go bank there, because I bank there too. It's been a fantastic personal experience for me. I've had my podcast account there now, my podcast business account there now for a few, four years now, I think, and it's been fantastic. So definitely worth your time. They're a great group of people, and they're always there to answer the phone when I forget my password, because I seem to forget it daily um, so yeah go to citizens Edmund and um, check them out it's been awesome what's up guys welcome back to another episode of this is Oklahoma Mike, and here host back with another episode happy new year um, you're probably thinking of being healthy and on a health kick because it's January and um, not drinking maybe who's doing whatever you're doing dry January well we're going to convince you not to uh, my guest today Is Fee Win, who has a blog, uh, Instagram page, uh, whatever you want to call it. It's very good. You should follow if you don't already. It's called Take a Bite. Okay, Um, you should scroll it right now because it'll make you hungry and it'll point out all the wonderful local places in our city to go and spend your money and support. So, like I said, um, you might be doing Dry January. I support that, but I also support local businesses and restaurants too and it's food for the soul and it's good for your mind and body so excited to dive into this episode today and find out a lot more about local businesses uh, especially restaurants and bars because my guest knows exactly that and has her ear to the ground on all of that stuff a lot more than I do so Fee it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast.
1: Thanks Mike I'm happy to be here.
0: Ready to dive in Um, what has been I guess recently I mean, I think Sanduichi was in town, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, haven't been... Uh, didn't go. Uh, I went last year. What was their, um, is it the same same stuff as last year? They had some epic, I know they did the steak, that was no, a special th- last year. this time
1: is a little bit different. Okay. So, um, talking to Keith at Sandovichi, they decided to kind of mix things up. This is the first time the core team didn't come here so they were working with um, other teammates okay. and trying this pop-up uh, concept where they had dishes local and exclusive to Oklahoma City. So they had okay. uh, the OKC this hot link that was wrapped in bacon with avocado on like a toasted buttery bun. Um, they had a grilled kimchi sandwich. So great dishes. So a little bit different. And they didn't do their $85 Wagyu sandwich, which I am a sucker for and have purchased every single time. <laughs> <so> um, good. <laughs> they said they hold that one a little bit cl- uh, cl- closer and with the management team not staying for the entire three week run. They didn't have it. That's but I, I love how they partner. This was the fourth time how they partner with different business owners and concepts bounce around different parts of the city. So to um, set up a shop at bungalow 23 was really cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, they there. That Wagyu was just so good. And it came in like a wooden box too. It wasn't just like you're spending $85 on a sandwich. The whole presentation was amazing. And it was like truffled stuff. Like With a
1: certificate of authenticity. That's right.
0: Yeah. Oh, so good. I told people listening, we're two minutes in. I told you you're going to be hungry already. <laughs> uh, yeah. That was super awesome. Um, I want to dive into a lot more food, and we will, and I'm glad you brought notes, because that just makes my podcasting brain smile. Uh, before we do, though, tell me a little bit about you. What's your kind of Oklahoma story?
1: So my story, I'm a Oklahoman born and bred, mm-hmm. uh, first generation born here in the U.S. My parents met in college at OU after immigrating mm-hmm. here from Vietnam in the late 70s. Um, my mom was the eldest of seven. She came over when she was 16 years old. Uh they worked a lot. My mom worked two restaurant jobs and then the graveyard shift at a grocery store. My dad, uh, after finishing college, was an engineer at Tinker. So my grandma raised me and uh, my grandma came over, never got her driver's license, speaks a decent amount of English, but her whole reason for being here was creating this life um, that we they couldn't have in Vietnam for for the rest of us. So I spent a lot of time with her and food was always something that was really, really important to us growing up, whether it was meals that you cook together, passing on family recipes, which in the past decade we've realized the importance of getting her recipes documented because they all live in her brain or in various renditions in in our brains. Um, So yeah, just had that kind of upbringing, grew up in Oklahoma City, public schools, went to OU, um, was that super smart overachiever type A person because my family ingrained in me that education is everything. Uh, Went to college, didn't really have the discipline to know how to study, ended up dropping out in my sophomore year and um, spent about four years Doing my own thing, dyed my hair blonde, um, learned how much bills cost because my parents <laughs> had paid everything. I didn't know you had to pay a deposit to turn on utilities. Um, all, had a lot of fun, uh-huh. went to Skybar and Bricktown all the time, and then reeled it back in, got back on track, got my finance accounting degree, uh, started in public accounting, and that's kind of where my love for downtown started. So I started working in public accounting for a local firm in 2010. And I have been in downtown since then, professionally.
0: Yeah. Um, um, It's no surprise to me when you say education was everything for your family, because it's a very immigrant mentality, mm -hmm. right? Everyone I've had on the podcast that parents either came here or grandparents came here. um, And and even for me, you know, like it's a little different for me because the uk's kind of similar you know western type world to to the states but still education was always preached to me as well and then you come to the states and it's like education is the avenue to whatever success looks like compared to where you know growing up in vietnam right and yeah it's no surprise that they pushed that, and you like can't imagine how they you, how they felt when you dropped out.
1: Well, first, well, I think probably the first disappointment was when I decided to pick business yeah. as my degree instead
0: of instead <laughs> of the cliche engineer, yeah. you know, doctor, and you know lawyer. I came from right? a family
1: of um, engineers and pharmacists. Yeah. So my baby sister is in her fourth year at OU Med, and she will be the first doctor in the family. And she was already the favorite. I feel like this only secures her position even more. But yeah. when I picked business. Um, um, the look of disappointment on my parents' face. I still kind of remember that. But to be honest, in hindsight, um, accounting was the best, just one of the best decisions I've ever made. Uh-huh. Just as far as um, work, you always need accountants, it's a good foundation. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm no longer in the accounting bubble, mm-hmm. but having that experience and expertise is, is is critical.
0: Yeah, I think of all the things in business that you could go into, I went the marketing route, but finance is like, it's the top, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like, when you look, I mean, I don't have any statistics on this, but I know plenty of accountants and they do very, very well. So, um, you know, financially, that's probably as close as you can get to a doctor or an engineer or what the success that your parents hoped that you'd get, right?
1: Yeah, I hope they feel that way yeah. now. I'm, sure,
0: they, I'm <laughs> sure, well, seeing what you've done now, I'm sure they do, right? And, and you know, you're, like you said, you've been downtown professionally for, you know, since that moment. And just kind of, even though we don't have a, a large downtown in the grand scheme of things compared to other cities in, you know, in, in, in the country, like, we have a really cool downtown.
1: Our downtown is amazing. Yeah. Um, I fell in love with it Because I was working down there. You know, growing up, I was born in 1984. Um, Oklahoma City has grown a ton since then. And downtown specifically, it wasn't a place you wanted to hang out. Um, And just looking back at the development and what... Even looking back to New Year's, what opportunities and what options did you have for New Year's then versus now? Different restaurants to eat at different bars and clubs to go to. So, yeah, I would say my um, love story with downtown Oklahoma City started when I started working there professionally 14 years ago.
0: Yeah. So when that comes around, then you go through that phase of, you you know, you, you drop out of school, you have your i guess identity phase right you go you know you're like i need to find out who i am now mm-hmm. I to figure out like what the adult world is like i have to pay bills you know all that stuff i didn't
1: realize how sheltered i didn't realize how privileged and sheltered i was yeah. until i
0: had to do it myself
1: and um it wasn't that easy right yeah
0: yeah it's not uh it's a wake-up call Right. It is. it's just like wait a second i have to pay to, to like put, turn my bill you know to turn my electric on why i just want to pay monthly yeah,
1: exactly you know
0: and then it's not cheap to do that either you know like it's I, my day job is in the real estate world and i remind people I'm like you've got to pay you know quite you know quite relatively speaking it you know more money than you think you should to have your bills just turned on or your your electric and gas and all the rest of it turned on um, anyway so how does you get into account? Where'd you go back to school to get your, do you go back to OU? Yep. Okay.
1: Went back to OU.
0: Go back to OU, you do that. And then from there, you go into accounting at downtown Oklahoma City, straight away? No, I no. went into
1: public accounting. Okay. Trust me. In round two of college, I did it right. Yeah. I showed up. I studied just enough. Um I did my work. I built relationships with the professors and the instructors. And that was something I didn't understand. The first, that was like the street smarts I gained was everything is so relationship driven, right? And the more somebody likes you, the more they help you. And um, so I came back and graduated from OU. You always hear this thing, um, it's C's gets degrees, but it doesn't get you an accounting degree. You have to have a 3.0. And I graduated with 3.01, skin of my teeth. Yeah. So um, yeah, I did it just enough to check the box and move forward. I uh, wanted to go into public accounting because it seemed the biggest, it had the most opportunities to move somewhere else and for relocation. And mm-hmm. um For the longest time, I never thought Oklahoma would be where I would stay, and Oklahoma would remain my home. So I was always planning for the future and to leave. So public accounting made sense, and uh, my GPA wasn't high enough to go to one of the big fours, so I went local, and it landed me in downtown.
0: So... At this time, you're mid-20s, roughly, when mm-hmm. you finish. You, you start a new job yep. downtown. I, I was
1: 26, okay.
0: which We're, is a little late
1: yeah, to I the mean, party.
0: But I think you're right. When most people go, people I know have gone back to school to either graduate or to re- do a different degree, they're always better the second time because they just have a lot more world experience. And they're like, I'm, I'm, I've got a second chance at this now I can give it everything I have they don't have the let's go out for drinks well mm-hmm. your friends are like the same age as you and they're doing other stuff no it's like well, we're here to learn and there, you can still enjoy yourself yes there, there were the drinks
1: difference. I think ultimately it felt really different because I was paying for it myself yes, there it is the school loans were in my name <laughs> yeah. were in my name I paid for the books and yeah. so I mean I hate to say I had to learn it that way but understanding the value of a dollar and how mm-hmm. hard people work and sacrifice so yeah. you have opportunities um, it felt certainly different second time around so yeah I ended up in public accounting and I loved it it was so you won't believe me when I say it was really interesting and exciting but it was because what I did was auditing and I it allowed me to learn more about these businesses that I've seen growing up their billboards or their buildings or their HQs or whatever and um, you basically get to come in and learn up the, their inner workings uh-huh. and I loved it and it was great yeah. but the tipping point for me um, was I was a little disenfranchised I was by this time I was like I'm going to get my degree, get my career started and I'm going to bounce out of here mm-hmm. um, and then something happened when I was at my local public um, accounting firm, they were really into community involvement and they really encouraged that and they built budgets for that and set expectations and encourage us all to be involved. And that's when I got involved with Leadership Oklahoma City. Um, so at 26, 27 years old, I was in the Loyal program, Linking Oklahoma's Young Adult Leaders, class eight, which is a decade ago now. Um, and I did that. And the very first day we had an icebreaker and they were you were sitting around a table and they said, share something if you're comfortable with the table that you haven't Maybe a whole lot of people don't know about you. And I said, hey, I'm, I'm Fee. I work for this local accounting firm. And um, a year from now, I won't be living here anymore. And those are my famous last words because I'm definitely only going to live here. <laughs> but that was where I was when I started that program. And I was a completely changed person after... Um, the next seven months because of the people I met, finding people whose values aligned with mine, finding people who cared about where they lived and what the legacy they want to leave behind for um, their kids and for their friends and family and everything. So, and that is how I got my job at Downtown OKC Partnership yeah. because my predecessor, the former director of finance,
0: was in my class. It's... Um My class, I think, was 16 for Loyal. Mm -hmm. It was the COVID class. And it's, and that's a perfect example too, but there's so many others, and people listening will understand this as well. Everyone in Oklahoma City who, especially kind of in that leadership circle, doesn't have to be leadership Oklahoma City, but whether it's kind of a board that you're on, I mean, we've got a young professionals board at the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, second century board, like there's a lot of us and a lot of opportunities to do that. But when you're around those people, community engagement and just amount of people who just like you said they want to leave something behind that's bigger than themselves it's kind of like it's intoxicating mm-hmm. right like and you know like you said I'm not going to be here in a year and everyone says that like I had chef Andrew Black on the podcast and he said the same thing you know and like someone told him like you're no you'll still be here <laughs> like someone called him out on it um and he was like yeah whatever i am be out of here in two years um you know it, it's it's And the same for me. I came to college, and I remember my first two years of college being like, there's no way I'm staying here. Mm you know. And then next year will be like 13 years. Um, It's just something about the young professional scene and, and just the professional scene that's fostered in Oklahoma City that is, it's hard to explain. You can't put your finger on just one thing. It's just a collective love for giving back in a way that's not like, okay, we're just going to give our time and we're going to serve and we're going to go to the regional food bank and just fill boxes or hand out what, hand out blankets to people. It's, it's a lot more than that, isn't it? It's like in your field as an accountant, you can do stuff to give back or with a podcast. I mean, whatever it is, it's just this kind of collective community love for, we want to do something that's bigger than ourselves and people listening. I'm sure that you've got your own examples, but if you don't tap into loyal or a local kind of, board that you can get into there's I mean there's like 25 at least mm-hmm. right like everyone's yeah, got your pressles serve
1: on a committee go right. volunteer just get out there and mm-hmm. expose yourself to a, a part of the community that you haven't
0: yeah.
1: been a part of and you might just find that it's a perfect fit for you yeah. and for me I was really lucky because that was what reignited I always loved Oklahoma, but I loved it kind of in the rear view, no mm-hmm. thinking that it was something, it was my past and not my future. Yeah. So, um, meeting everyone in Leadership Oklahoma City, and I'm still involved with them today, I now serve on their board of directors, um, it changed my life, and that network is unreal. So, yeah. Would recommend anyone be involved.
0: And and you're right with like the way that you're feeling too. It's like a lot of people graduate university and they're ready to leave, right? And and a lot of people do leave, and most of them come back, right? They come back to have kids, or they come back to do something or a job or whatever it is. But everyone kind of does have that mentality of I'm going to go to Dallas, or I'm going to leave, or I'm going to go to the you know whatever kind of the coastline. where At that time, did you know where you wanted to go before you kind of started Loyal?
1: No. You I just, just wanted knew, to get out? I just knew I just wanted to get out. And yeah. I thought I was kind of checking boxes. Mm-hmm. Let me get into my two years at this um, public accounting firm, get my experience yeah. so that I can transfer out. And yeah. But I, I loved how involved they were. They had annual volunteer days and everything. And when they said, get involved with the community, we want to pay for it. We want to support you. Um, with our dollars and allow you the time, I took advantage of that. And I just would have never known that would have changed my life.
0: It's amazing. Um, Do you say 14 years ago, you started with downtown Oklahoma City?
1: 14 years ago, I started working in the public accounting firm in downtown.
0: Gotcha. So Mm -hmm. you've been downtown for 14 years and um, eight, 10 years with roughly with?
1: I hit eight years and two months at downtown Oklahoma City Partnership. So yes, my predecessor was the director of finance. He um, ended up leaving to go back into banking. And he texted me one day and said, are you looking for a change? And I said, no, not really, but we can talk about it. So we went um, and had coffee at Clarity. I'm wrapping Clarity with my Clarity hat. Um, And he said, so I'm leaving, I think this would be a good opportunity for you, you want to try it out. And I had a job offer within three days. Mm -hmm. So I left public accounting and moved into... My first ever nonprofit um, role. And yeah. I've been there now for coming on eight years. I started as the director of finance, and my role has evolved over the years. And um, this past year, I was advanced to chief operating officer. So I finally got out of the accounting bubble. Yeah. It's hard. Once you're in the accounting finance bubble, they want to keep you in there because somebody has to be in there.
0: Right. <laughs> What was what was so when you started eight years ago, almost eight years ago? What was the kind of? I don't mean this in a bad way, but what was the state of downtown Oklahoma City at that point when you stepped in uh, to your first nonprofit? The,
1: honestly, the state of downtown at that point, the whole reason why I wanted to, I chose to go work at Downtown OKC Partnership was because it was so cool, and I only knew it from the consumer or user perspective. Uh-huh. Right I mean I still lived um, like 15 minutes outside of downtown I didn't live in the urban core so I was a daytime user because I was employed there and then I was an evening and weekend user like recreationally so I didn't I just enjoyed all the amenities without understanding how it worked or all the moving pieces. So when I started working at downtown OKC, it truly was eye opening. I thought our organization just threw fun parties and events because those are the things I attended. I didn't realize we did critical services such as street vacuuming and emptying trash cans and managing over a thousand trees. And I would have never thought as my role progressed there that I would be overseeing the team that takes care of that either. The unsexy stuff that you don't think of. (laughs)
0: Yeah, the last thing I expected you to say today was that you'd take care of a thousand trees and Mm -hmm. vacuuming roads and stuff. Yeah, I know
1: more about irrigation than I ever thought I would. When I travel um, now to different cities and different places of the country and the world, I am that nerd that if I see a beautiful planter, I take a photo of it, but then I also like dig my hands at it to see if it's irrigated mm -hmm. because who waters this, you know?
0: (laughs) we got to figure the... Things like that,
1: good good budget. I, did too, right? I take pictures of those or street trees. I don't yeah.
0: Know. Stuff that you never would have been thinking of if you're in a cubicle at a public accounting firm. No. Right? Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. So
1: it's opened my eyes to a lot of things. But the biggest part is I think Downtown O'Casey Partnership is such a good fit for me right now because it aligns about the things that I care about mm-hmm. outside of work. And outside of work, I care about um, building a sense of community. I care about. Um, making the table bigger. So more voices are heard. And I care about keeping up the momentum and investing in our city for people in the future, Uh whether that's ourselves or kids or, um, all the people that move here because we get a ton of people who choose to live here when they don't have to. Uh
0: Yeah. It's, um, slowly people are figuring that out, right? As much as some people here don't want them to. <laughs> like, keep it to ourselves. Uh, uh, that's right not that.
1: my mentality. Yeah, it's not mine. The idea. more, the merrier.
0: Yeah. it's Well, and it drives, you know, it it, it it all kind of helps itself out, right? It's all just kind of a big circle. More people come in, they spend more money, we have more businesses, people expand, blah, 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 blah. Um, Tell me about then your, your take a buy okay. When does that start?
1: That started about eight or nine years ago. Um, Food has always been a big thing for me. I love eating, Mm -hmm. going out to eat, supporting restaurants. But so in my past life, before public accounting and how I paid my bills and from 16 to 26, I was in the hospitality and restaurant industry from my first job hostessing at Chili's to my final job, a five year stint at Cheesecake Factory. I opened the Cheesecake Factory, was part of the opening team and stayed there. I actually stayed there for three months where it crossovered into public accounting life because I didn't want to leave the money. Yeah. So I was working 40 to 55 hours public accounting and the waiting table still on the weekends. So um, food has always been a huge part of my life. And for a while, it was my livelihood. Um, I was grinding away as a server, as a bartender, doing... Um, all of that. So when I transitioned over and got my, you know, started public accounting and all of this, I saw a lot of friends in the industry and I still, um, know a ton of people actually from those days. It's actually wild to think about. And, um, In my group of friends, I'm the organizer, I'm the convener. So I'm the one planning, where are we eating next? And let's try this new restaurant. So we decided to start a little supper club and it was called the take a bite supper club. And, um, with that jumped on the Instagram handle, um, and started posting pictures and boy, I think I went back and cleaned it up, but the photos from before you don't, I'm gonna you don't want to scroll back that far. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I cleaned it up. They it's were so line. grainy and gross and awful, but it was a thing. You know, taking pictures of your food wasn't always a thing.
0: It's also very hard to do, right? Yeah. Well, you I got to get good,
1: good angles. And yeah. then it's all about the lighting. So I was taking pictures of food and posting about it. And that's kind of where that came from, documenting food pictures and doing the supper club with friends where we would try different restaurants. And then I started a Facebook group that had like a hundred friends in it. And then people could add other people. And I've made friendships through that too. Two of my friends, um, Sandy and, and Dane, I met them when I decided to do a Taste of Korea Take a Bite event. And somebody invited them to come and that person ended up no showing. And we ended up hanging out in the parking lot and talking to each other. And now that was probably like five years ago. Now we're super great friends. And it was all because they decided to come and eat Korean food with people they didn't know.
0: Yeah. It's amazing what food does.
1: Food food is, it crosses through so many barriers because you can sit there and just enjoy tasting something and sharing your experience of how, um, how you enjoy that. And that, I think I was thinking about it prior to coming here. I have this, I have like super romantic feelings about dining and I, I love the details. So I like how food is plated. I like the whole experience from when you walk in to how, like how service is being seated and getting to, look at the menu and how the menu is set up and I love when you have a server or a bartender that knows hospitality so well they can help curate and kind of walk you through the experience
0: yeah not a huge fan of QR codes then you want a physical menu in front of you
1: I do want a physical menu, and sometimes you ask, they have them.
0: Yeah, they'll still I do bring too. you. One. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, the QR code thing drives me nuts. I understand it for COVID or whatever it was, like, and it saves people paper and blah blah blah. Who would have thought but QR still, codes would have made a comeback? I know that is crazy. Right? I know. Oh, just anyway, um, yeah. Uh, how does how does family then ca- Vietnamese family culture around dining translate to difference in dining out here?
1: So we grew up, and in um, my family is Vietnamese. My grandma is Chinese, so we had a hybrid. And a lot of the restaurants that you see in the Asian district are hybrid of Vietnamese and Chinese menus. But um, it's all family style, and it's all about sharing, Mm -hmm. and it's all about. Also, not eating because you're hungry, but eating as an experience to be social. So even as a kid, I hated going out to eat because sometimes those dinners will last two and a half, three hours. And it's only in an Asian restaurant that it's kind of acceptable that your kids run wild or sit in the corner with books and games and stuff because the parents, the adults are hanging out and eating. So I think my love for food and dining stemmed there. And in our family, we were growing up super like working class, um, food was always plentiful because that was a priority to make sure that we were all nourished and we could share meals together. And my grandma stayed at home and cooked meals. And even as all of my aunts and uncles grew up, we still get together, um, would still get together at her house, you know, to meals together. Like this year they're coming in from Dallas and California they came for Thanksgiving and for Christmas Eve. And well, my grandma is 85 years old now. So, so doing Christmas with her and it's all about food. What's on the menu. Yeah. And I've like, now we feel very comfortable that our holiday meals are very non-traditional. So for Thanksgiving, we had, um, it's like a savory Vietnamese beef stew, lemongrass beef stew ball call. And that was really nice. And a bunch of pot stickers and, Um, Things like that. So after going to, you know, traditional Thanksgiving, it's such a nice contrast. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Good palate cleanser. Yeah. And it's also like, yes, it's about the food, but it's not, right? It's about getting everyone together and and just spending, you know, because we're so fast paced now, right? And you're Mm -hmm. right. Restaurants want to kind of just in and out, turn you around, get you in, you know, get your food to you. And it's all about kind of that. Keeping that and I understand that to a certain extent too, right? They've gotta make money and, and the more people they get in and out of the restaurant, the more money they're gonna make. But yeah, just to have that experience, um, I had dinner at uh, God, what's it it was I forget the guy's name. It's on Weston, private dining, twelve ish people to a table oh, what's the place called? Something room. It has a pineapple logo. Tasting room? Yeah, uh, no. Oh, I it's right, it's right next to... Sushiniko? No, it's... Oh, uh, what am I... Th- anyway, I can cut this out. Crown? Yes, Crown. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> crown Room. I think it's a pineapple logo. I can't remember the chef's name, but I went there, and it was just such a good experience. Um, it was fantastic, and, and everyone should... should. And it's not cheap, but everyone, if you go with a group of people, it's definitely worth it. And we went and just sat there around a the table, and like the whole experience, every... every every course had a song that was matched with it too and I kind of love classic rock and most of the songs were classic rock so I had a great time and um, Gabriel Lewis was also helping out I mm-hmm. think or um, had no sorry Gabriel who's been on the podcast introduced me and connected me with the person who was shaffing it I can't remember his name um it's gonna bug me and once we get done with this podcast I'll remember it but <laughs> it was the first time that like I sat down and the first time in a long time I sat down with a good group of friends and just had dinner and there wasn't a time stamp on it right mm-hmm. like, nobody was like hey I gotta go home or whatever like it was just and the drinks were paid with the food and food is fantastic and it's just like and you're in like this kind of it's kind of like what the room we're in now is like you're in a smaller room just you and your group of friends like, feels it's no, intimate super intimate it was awesome and I just like I miss that right and that sounds like getting family together and obviously it's a little different because you're in someone's house but that we don't do that anymore right you always want to go out on a date night it's just like go to somewhere like it's you don't just go and sit somewhere for two hours and just like enjoy life and have you know no phones and just be around people right and it's Food is a great vehicle for that. Yeah, um, I mean, it's different if you're at a bar and you're just getting, you know, two hours drinking, but food is a good
1: vehicle for that yeah, too.
0: Exactly, <laughs> and the conversations probably go a little different. Um, but yeah, it, it's there's not a lot of people out here, and I think that's a cultural thing too, right? Like, mm-hmm. and and I can't wait to go home, you know, and sit around the table with my family and just have dinner. Like, I miss that, uh, and it's and it's not just my culture; it's your culture and, yeah, and a lot maybe of other cultures. Part
1: of the American culture mm-hmm. is like always onto the next thing right like people don't linger here
0: it's a great word for
1: it um and you're just always thinking of what's next it's part of the grind I suppose and I that's one of the parts I enjoy about food so much is it's not about what you're eating but it's about how you're eating it and who you're eating it with And that's the fun part. And I would say one thing that I have observed is probably in the last decade, Oklahoma City has become a place where people love food and enjoy food, as opposed to back then, I feel like when I was growing up, it was just a means to an end. Uh You wanted the biggest value. You wanted um, something easy, something convenient you wanted something affordable or, but now people truly appreciate the thoughtfulness that the talented folks we have in Oklahoma city put into developing menus or dining spaces or experiences. And I mean, I think we, we talked about genuine a, a second ago, but as simple as having um, walk up service or drive through service at boom box, but then being able to have that same sense of appreciation for a sit-down tasting menu paired with wine or cocktails. So that's that's something we don't lack here now. And we're so lucky for it. And I think to that extent, it's just going to be so critical that people realize in order to continue to have these amazing things and opportunities and experiences, and you have to protect it.
0: Yeah, no, we do. And, And I think when I spoke to Greg, um, we talked about Greg earlier, too. Greg was on the podcast. It's a lot about educating the people here, too. Because you're right. For the last, you know, we've always, it's very easy to just go to Chick-fil-A or Kudoba or wherever to just have something quick and easy or pizza. Um, you know, something easy. Just pick up. And if you've got kids, it's just keep them happy. Give them whatever. Give them a juice box and, and off you go. And, and Greg, I think, put it a great way just there's so many places now it's a great it's it's hard to educate people to take that risk to mm-hmm. go to somewhere new right cuz we like comfort you know and especially if you're spending your money it's sometimes a risk to go spend 50 bucks at a place you've never been to mm-hmm. But it's so so worth it. And the great thing now is that it's not just publications that are educating people. You've got people like yourself and there's, you know, 10 to 15 food kind of bloggers, if you will, or food influencers that are just doing a great job of educating. And sometimes I don't even think they realize that they're educating people. They're just doing it out of a love like you started, right? You've got Mm -hmm. a group of friends together who like to get together, who like to try new food. The byproduct of that is that you're posting it everywhere and people get to see that. And it's so much better doing it your way than them Googling, you know, Madeira or whatever and going to see their menu. But if they look at yours, they read your captions. A reminder, please read captions on Instagram (laughs) because it will give you all the context you need. And, and, you know, it's so much easier to go to a place when, you know, you see a post from you and it's like, this is what I recommended. This is what I had. And you just explain that, you know, it's fantastic. And... The other place that comes to mind too is like Oso, Paseo, Mm. right? You look at like, I love that place. I'm not a huge spicy person. Like I don't like spice much. I'm from the UK. We don't really have taste buds. Um, People know me and know people, food in the UK will know that that's an inside joke because we don't do seasoning in the UK. (laughs) Um, But like, it's so good. And I wish more people went there. Right. Yeah. And, and there's so many spot. other places. Greg mentioned Trompudos tacos. Uh, oh, Trompudos! Right? I haven't been there yet, but I need to. And Greg yes. mentioned that place, and he's like, "You have to go. It's unbelievable." And it's through people like you, and I think it's keeping up with OKC is another Instagram mm-hmm. handle do a great job. And Greg, they do and, a great job. Um, Emily does a great job too, Emily Phillips. Like, there's so many food people now that are just doing a great job of educating people in Oklahoma City for great food spots. Visit OKC have done a great job of it, too.
1: The thing that I appreciate about this, all the folks that you mentioned, but even just the food influencer, the food promoter seen in OKC, is most people are doing it. They're not getting any kind of significant compensation. They're doing it yeah. because... They love the food in Oklahoma City and they want to share that information with other people. And I think that's so important. Um, just even broadly in Oklahoma, I've been thinking about it a lot. And one thing that I always try not to do is I don't want to be a gatekeeper to any information. You know, sometimes if, If I find something amazing, I'm going to tell all my friends, tell my family, and I want to post about it because I want other people to try it, too. And I think that's something that we could have a little more of in Oklahoma City is some intention behind sharing Uh your resources and access to information. Because um, I have a lot of friends um, who have moved here, come here to visit, and they're like, everyone's so nice. And like kind of once you're connected, you feel you feel that sense of community in such an overwhelmingly mm-hmm. amazing way. But if you don't feel connected, it should be easier to get in. Yeah. And so with Take a Bite with my Instagram and Facebook, I just want to share that information. And to be frank, I love taking pictures of my friends eating. So mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things is that differentiates my account and how I document our food adventures is it's very people driven. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I, I absolutely love that. I think I saw the photo, and I envy your pho- photography skills as well. So you're very good at it, and it's natural. And I saw the photo, you and Valona had lunch the other day. Uh-huh, yeah, we and did. I saw that photo, and I was like, a boombox. Yeah, and like, you know, for someone who's like myself, who's kind of in the social media world, like, you know, everything is in that photo right the food the food's in that photo the coffee's in that photo from Lee's which I had one today and it's amazing obviously Valona, who's a great friend is in the photo like Mm -hmm. it's not just look at my food right the other photo is look at my food but I think I remember one of my favorite photos that you've ever posted was was the Dave's hot chicken chicken photo (laughs) I saw that and I was like this is what like and that's me nerding out about social media and food photography as well but like it captured me. So I was scrolling down, and I've eaten the Dave's. And like I said, I don't like hot, spicy food, but I will eat their mild. Their mild, um, good. Yeah. It's not and too like, fun. I was just like, why can't I take That's the reason. You posting that photo is the reason I repost photos and don't try and take photos myself. That's so funny. Um, but no, the people thing is, you're, you hit it right. It's uh, So many people out there just post food, photos of their food, right? But you, like I said, you share the experiences with all your friends. And it makes, when someone scrolls that Instagram feed, your Instagram feed they see people having a great time and that it's not just, Hey, look at this food. It's look at the friend I'm connecting with. Mm -hmm. And also if I'm a friend of yours and you're taking a photo of me with food, like, and it's a great photo, they appreciate that too. Oh, they love it. Um, We
1: joke. I should make a coffee table book.
0: Oh, a hundred percent of my done friends. Yes. Like
1: my boyfriend is perfectly trained to hold a burger up like this. (laughs) 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 They all know not to touch any of the food until I give them the green light. Like, everyone has been perfecting their cheese pole. Yeah. Just... But it's fun. It's fun to... um, It's fun to share your experiences with other people. Mm -hmm. And then it's really allowed me an avenue to meet new people. I get requests almost every single week for some kind of recommendation. I'm happy to provide that.
0: Yeah. Do you have, like, a rolling list or anything that you like? Because I I think four or five magazine posted something maybe it was a year ago two years ago it's probably out of date now but it was like top 100 places to eat in oklahoma city and i consistently refer that to people because it's just an easy thing to do right
1: yeah for sure um that's tough that's the question i've been getting all the time and i had to organize my thoughts i've been my top two list has been the same for the past six months and it's mod air and edgecraft barbecue
0: I, I've done Edgecraft. I haven't done Mod Air yet. I need you to. You
1: haven't done Mod Air yet? No, I'm oh kind of on a goodness. health kick
0: at the moment, which finishes soon. Modere
1: is probably healthier than most of the things <sighs> okay. that you but would. have I also want eating. to
0: indulge, too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, you do. You yeah. should go with at least three other people so you
0: can order okay. everything. Okay, I need to do that, yeah.
1: And it's it's great. Yeah. So their I'm- food is so craveable. And i think
0: Chef Jeff?
1: Yeah, Chef, Chef Jeff. Chef right?
0: He needs yeah. to be on the podcast.
1: Yeah, sure. he's great. Yeah. Um, and it's so savory and funky and fresh and herbaceous and all those pretentious food words, but it's it's all of it. It's so good.
0: Yeah. Oh, and I think also the other thing about people who, like, they, they don't want to kind of step out a little bit and try somewhere new is because of what you just said, too, is some places they might not they they might may think, even though it's not like that, they may think it's pretentious, they may think it's a little bit more upscale or like people probably don't go to Black Walnut because they think it's kind of like too fancy. Yeah. Which you look at the menu and it's yes, yeah, you can. And they go, don't know
1: Black you, Walnut has one of the best happy hours exactly.
0: in town. You could go spend yes, you could spend 180 bucks on a tomahawk that you share for two people with a giant bowl of mac and cheese and it's worth every single dollar or you can go and have a hamburger that's fantastic too mm-hmm. for 20 bucks, right? Like but people might see that and and there's other examples of places like that, but I mean back to your two Edgecraft is also just the best.
1: Edgecraft right? is and they're so nice there yeah. and when you meet a barbecue place that also has really good sides I think that says a lot mm-hmm. we only ever order one side because we gotta save the real estate you know for the, the protein but <laughs> it is the best so brisket good. they've been doing beef cheek lately and they have they sometimes do beef cheek tacos so good cuban sandwiches
0: yes back to what i said at the start of this podcast people listening that are 40 minutes in are now really craving food and i'm glad because they need to go spend it locally um okay 2023 what's been your top places or just standout moments for food or drink
1: so i have if i'm gonna look back One of the best dining experiences, the series that are all the pop-ups that ModAir was able to do this past year in collaboration with other folks. They did a collaboration with Edgecraft. They did a collaboration with Sedalia's, a collaboration with Barkeep. Um, So pay attention to their social media. The next time they do one of their pop-up collabs, you gotta go. Uh And as a pro tip, you wanna go early, like literally show up two hours early before they open
0: i 100 percent agree it's going anywhere that's amazing early because you'll have a better experience but that's
1: that's been really awesome another thing um i have loved to see the success of boomtown creamery i am a proud member of the pint of the month club Mm. so i'm always on their social media and you can buy a pint of the month club card and um it's a great gift. I gifted one to myself and gifted one to my sister and brother-in-law last year. <laughs> we are so still with using people, that. right? <laughs> but then we go and eat a sampler, and then I take a pint home with me. So it's been really cool to see their success in that with the location in Uptown and then branching out for a total of three locations. Um, ganache Patisserie in Chisholm Creek is also
0: great at social too
1: so so good like such a lovely family that runs it everything is made with so much care and precision and um I love their breakfast it's interesting because all they there's a really popular breakfast spot right next to them and I'll walk past that line that's like overflowing onto the sidewalk and come over to ganache and you can get right in it's great service and you can get like a soft scrambled egg sandwich on a fresh baked croissant so delicious just
0: the best they're, and they're the cool the thing is you might not know
1: but they have a partnership with the oklahoma city museum of art so ganache has its pastries and different limited items at the museum of art so you don't have to drive up north it's right here in the
0: urban core God, they're, and they're great I, they're, they're awesome they're, their story's great um also not from here and um, like myself But yeah, they're a little like, I mean, their cakes are awesome. Go to their social media too, because you'll just end up doom scrolling, watching them put the icing on their cakes. Oh, everything. (laughs) For my grandma's
1: birthday one year, we got their carrot cake and Mm. it was gorgeous. And it happened, it was a February where there was an ice storm and I was still at work and I texted them or we were messaging and I was like, I can come by. Are you guys closing early though? And they're like, yeah, but four. And I was like, okay, I can make it before four. And then he calls me back and he's like, so we're actually closing earlier than that because the weather is awful. And I was like, well, I'm still still downtown he he said let me just drop it off for you so he this giant cake he wraps it in a trash bag puts an extra box of cookies in there and drops it off at my house so when i come home it's like sitting on the front steps it was they're so nice so nice and their stuff is so good um
0: well and that's the level that a small business goes and how this level of service that a small business goes for one of their customers because they one they are clearly you know take care of all their customers, but also, you know, the money that you paid for that cake and the, the time it takes them to come down and drop it off for you, they're not really making much money on that, but Uh-oh. they know that that's, they're making money on the return purchase and the return. And you'll, re- like I said, you remember that forever, right? Someone's going to go do that for you for the cake, for the experience yeah, that you're having. Absolutely, I love that.
1: So, I mean, some of my favorite place, it's all relationship driven. Yeah. And I think that's part of the beautiful thing about Oklahoma City is it's small enough that if you have a good meal somewhere, you can get to know the owners of the restaurants or the manager or the chef. And you can build those relationships and it makes your investment in those ties even stronger. So I think that's. Because I'm looking down at my list, and my list—it's not just the food that I like, but it's the people. People you like. Like eat. those are my like yeah. Clarity. Yeah. Is literally my favorite Steve coffee. Stephen Jen. Uh, Stephen Chelsea. Stephen Chelsea. Yes, and yeah. Clarity is—they are the nicest people, and um, it feels like home there. Yeah. And they just launched really cool new merch, so you should should check it out.
0: Yeah. Um, I've been writing, so since you've been talking, I've been writing out, down a bunch of different places that like a bunch of different genres of food. and I'd love for you to give me, I'm going to put you on the spot here. We're going to run through them. I'd love for you to give me like your, maybe one or top one or two, because for me to ask you the top one might be difficult. So okay. I'm going to start. And if there's any that I've missed, you're welcome to just shout them out. Um, your favorite pizza spot?
1: Favorite pizza? Um, Dados or Empire?
0: Um, hamburgers
1: hamburgers Whew. I eat burgers far too much um, my fancy answer would be New State Thanks. my super basic answer would be Johnny's Burger
0: <laughs> yes I don't like the cheese that they put on Johnny's oh I burgers, love the, the shredded American yeah, that's just, my favorite part it's so if you much. don't like it you can step it out Yeah, it. It's or they'll
1: much. melt it no that's my favorite part okay um, Chinese food oh Szechuan Story but if you're looking for a cheap eats um, oh my gosh I just blanked. one story.
0: <laughs> uh, Vietnamese food. Oh,
1: Vietnamese food. Boombox is awesome. And I'm not going to... I don't want to get too controversial, but my favorite pho place is Pho Lin Hoa.
0: Okay. And they just opened their third location. That would have been my next question, so I'm glad you rolled into that. Yeah. Uh, fine dining.
1: Fine dining. Yeah. Like steaks?
0: Could be wherever. Okay. Does I, I base fine dining on price point, not okay. food.
1: Uh, fine dining, I think... We our go to is the ranch. That is always the location for our annual treat yourself mm-hmm. dinner. Barbecue. Barbecue. Edgecraft in the city, outside of the city, it's butcher barbecue stand. Levi and his crew, the best burnt ends you'll ever ever
0: eat. And their beans with bacon and apple in are so good too. Uh, Mexican food. Um,
1: Trompudos tacos is delicious. Italian. So I don't eat Italian a whole lot, um, but I really enjoy Vito's.
0: Uh, fried chicken. Or fried chicken. chicken, chicken places.
1: That's tricky. All I can think of is Dave, since that's what we talked about yeah. recently.
0: The only place I've ever had, which I haven't been there in a very long time, so I don't know how good it was, but at the time it was very good, was Drum Room.
1: Oh, I remember the Drum yeah. Room, yeah.
0: Is it still around?
1: It's still around, okay. but I haven't been no, there in forever. I went there Somebody cold. actually was telling me they went to Aishin's recently.
0: Aishin's yes. uh-huh. is still great.
1: Aishin's is good. Yeah. But I was like, why it's would you a, go to Aishin's when we have so many options here?
0: It is a track, for sure. Um, coffee shop and bakery those two generally go one in the same.
1: Uh, well, Clarity, hands down for coffee, but my other two favorites are Elemental and I really like Willow.
0: Where's Willow? Deep Deuce.
1: Okay, so got you, they're great, locally owned as well. And then pastries, I'm um, hands down Ganache, uh, or the Cruffin from Gilded Acorn.
0: I still haven't had that place yet. I need to. There's a lot of places. I just need to join your club. I'm just going to join you. Gilded
1: Acorn has the best butternut squash soup too. And like the perfect photo, if you want to hint, is if you sit on uh, Park Avenue Mm -hmm. and you have someone take a photo of you where you can see the window and leadership square behind you there we go yeah and I can't take credit for that
0: you need to Julie, just put a little star on the Julie floor Parton posted a photo of that first
1: and I was like oh I'm replicating this picture it's thank so beautiful thank you Julie
0: <laughs> love Julie she's awesome uh, let's talk about bars and, and kind of bartenders as well favorite happy hour spot
1: favorite ha- oh i just wrote uh, an article last month for 405 on right. the top 10 happy hours
0: let's talk about it okay yeah even um, though it's dry january right now i'm gonna give you well svi's gonna give you a top 10
1: oh yes okay so one of my go-to's is mickey mantles one of hey. the best happy hours in town because it has food and cocktails so i think it's like eight dollar martinis something very affordable two dollar long necks four dollar wines Give or take a dollar because I don't yeah. have the information directly it's for me. But they have, um, it is Monday through uh, Friday from four to seven. Four to seven. Mm-hmm. And it's perfect for pre concert, pre thunder, right after work. Mm-hmm. Um, and we go there all the time and it's great. But they have the best peppered lamb chops, um, tequila, lime shrimp, and shrimp cocktail as well, all on their happy hour. Yeah. Okay, now I'm going to go to the far other end of the spectrum. The Oklahoman happy hour that everyone should know about is Hideaway Pizza. Monday through Friday, 4 to 7, it is half price, all alcohol.
0: Okay. I did not know that.
1: That cannot be beat. If I even drive, I randomly drove by a hideaway in Tulsa when I was out of town for a concert, and it just happened to be between 4 and 7. I was like, well, obviously I have to go by. To, so you yeah. just pop right in. That That is... Everyone's looking for the yeah. the cheap drinks. Like, that's where it's at.
0: Okay. One of the things, talking of bars, and is bartenders. Now, we have some pretty impressive bartenders here, too, that not, people, not a lot of people know about unless you're in the food scene. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of competition here, and Edible, and Downtown OKC, and Visit OKC, and 4 or 5. They do a great job of, you know, just fostering competition in the bartenders Mm -hmm. that's not like it's fun have you been to one of the
1: bartender smackdowns Uh, yeah I need to they happen on Sundays I think at the end of the month I had the privilege of um, being a judge for one uh, earlier this year and it was at uh, it was at Lunar Lounge Mm -hmm. and it was wild so no you're right we have so much talent here um, from you know the crew at the Jones Assembly to Arbolada and, I mean, all those places. Yeah. I Honestly, we're a little spoiled with the craft cocktail scene here. Yeah,
0: It's very underrated.
1: It is. It is.
0: Right? No one, and that's the kind of same as the food was. Now the food's kind of, people are realizing how good our food is now slowly. But again, it comes back to educating mm-hmm. the, the, the people who aren't in the food scene. Because you're right, like... And, and people might not even know because they've never traveled. That's one of the things I think that Americans generally don't do is travel to other cities or, yes, they're probably going to go to Dallas, but they won't travel as much as other countries and other kind of cultures travel to see how good it is when you come back. So they just know they're spoiled. They know that standard, yeah. right? So, yeah, it's, um, and I'm not really a big drinker, but I appreciate the artistry in making craft cocktails. Like, it's, it's very, very impressive. No,
1: I do too. I like, I'm a pretty basic drinker. If I'm um, drinking to get down, it's vodka, soda water, but I love checking out a good cocktail menu and trying. Or um, we always love sitting at the bar and getting to know the bartender and kind of letting them choose things for you. Yeah. There was a category you forgot, seafood.
0: Oh, yeah. Great. Where's your favorite seafood? It's,
1: It's either Sedalia's or Rococo. I, Chef Bruce is a friend. Rococo Sidelis. on Western.
0: Yes, he yep. great social media oh, too. He's awesome. Also he is definitely going to get podcast. I need to get him on. Larger than life. Li- oh,
1: you he's fantastic.
0: Yeah. Yeah, his kids are involved too, right? Mhm. Yeah. The whole family. And then Sedalia's that's is that new?
1: Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. So it was um, at the top of everyone's list um this last year, Greg Horton is pretty much their number one fan,
0: <laughs> which says a lot because Greg, sometimes Greg can be very choice with his words, yeah. which I love his honesty, but a lot of some people don't like his honesty. Oh, his, I, I do. Um, I think it's
1: great. Greg's taste in food is, in my opinion, immaculate. Yeah. We agree on every count. And when you talk about resources and sending people, if I don't know where to eat, I scroll through his social media or I'll be like, Greg, tacos, Greg. Um, Indian food, whatever. And that's what we Greg, breakfast sandwich. We
0: didn't talk about Indian food. Where do you go for Indian food?
1: Um right now I'm really into kebabish bites. It's a Norman. Okay. Right off of I-35. Okay. Locally in town we do shish mahal. Same.
0: So yeah. good. It's so good. It's the one thing this is the one thing the UK is known for is great Indian food. <laughs> And it's fantastic, and that's one thing I, I always look forward to doing when I go home is having a curry, um, because other than Shish Mahal, I haven't found a place that kind of replicates back home here. Mm-hmm. which is kind of funny to say that, that the UK is good for Indian food. It just is. Um, yeah, Shish Mahal is just...
1: You should check out, if you get Go Down North Norman Kebabish Bites. Okay,
0: I'm going to write that down. The one thing, you'll find this funny, the one thing uh, I went... Last time I went to Shish Mahal was with Valona, and back home you have what we call curry half and half. Mm-hmm. So you can have half chips, fries, and half rice. And I told this to Valona and she got so offended, <laughs> uh, in in a nice way, but she gets so offended because what I do, if I get it to go, the only place that I believe that you can rely on great fries from is McDonald's. At any single time of the day, you can rely on McDonald's fries. So, And I knew I was going to wind her up by saying this, but if I get she's hard to go, I swing by McDonald's to grab large fries on the way home, and then I dip my fries in the curry sauce and have it with fries and rice and curry. You you thought when I told her that <laughs> that I'd like kicked her mum in the face, like she was so offended. And then every time I go and I get her to go, I just take a picture of me start with McDonald's and send it to her. It doesn't so no no words, no context, just a photo of my food with McDonald's fries. So you
1: dip fries in the curry, or yes. you dump the curry on the fries?
0: You can do both. Okay, uh, but I just prefer to like. Kind of dip it in it, but you, yeah. If you do both, it's yeah. But yeah a cu- a curry, I'm not
1: opposed to this idea. I'm it. excited to try
0: it. A curry half and half is that it's half rice, half um, half rice. So that's a UK thing because we want to put fries with everything, which would seem yeah. like an American thing. Um,
1: I'm going to turn the tables on you. Best French fries in Best town. French fries. In you can't town? say McDonald's. So I'm uh, sorry.
0: Tucker's <laughs> is really good. I like Tucker's.
1: Are you a hand cut fry I person? Am a
0: yeah. Um, but well, so I grew up right. My mum was a trained chef back mm-hmm. home and I grew up and like my mum or dad whoever was cooking would make would get grabbed potatoes and like make them by hand right so they were usually fat ones right fat chips you don't get, really get fat chips here anymore other than sometimes I think a Texas Roadhouse does fat fries if you want to call them that we call them chips in the UK that's not a bag of chips it's fries mm-hmm. for chips um, the other place that is really good Johnny's has good fries too right you have you had fries at Johnny's? As you can't
1: p- choose the fries over the onion
0: rings at Johnny's, though. I'm not a huge onion rings fan. What? Yeah, I struggle to find place. I struggle to... Onion rings are... I'm very kind of selective with where I get onion rings from.
1: You know, the best place to get onion rings is a fancy, expensive steakhouse. Okay.
0: Because, like, cause for me, like, when the, like... I like the I don't like the batter to just kind of like separate from the from the onion and it to be over too big, right? okay. I like the smaller I like the onion rings that kinda of look like calamari.
1: Okay, size. so you're not gonna like any of the steakhouse onion rings I just
0: told you to order. Probably. Usually
1: they come in like a crazy stack. Yeah. And you get six of them because 'cause they're enormous. Right. You can wear them as a bracelet.
0: Yeah, I don't. Okay. I, I'm thinking of something a change of the subject. Favorite breakfast place. We didn't talk about that. No, I gotta
1: tell you my answers for the favorite fries though.
0: Okay. Sorry.
1: Sushi Nico fries.
0: I haven't had sushi Nico fries.
1: Write it down. (laughs) down. And everyone knows about it. Okay. Nico fries. You can't go wrong. And then on the other side of that, um, Burger Punks. Crinkle cut fries with their liquid gold cheese sauce.
0: I haven't had that either. Shout out to Rachel for crushing it with another
1: concept. Have you had their chicken
0: sandwich? No.
1: Their fried chicken sandwich is bigger than your head.
0: So it's like a chicken fried steak with bread on it.
1: No, it's chicken fried chicken, chicken fried with chicken. bread on but it size wise, but it's, it's like, huge yeah. and it's so good
0: god like I, again i'm so hungry we could talk food forever breakfast um, place yeah
1: um if i want to wait mm. or we're taking like out of town guests and i can get on the wait list cafe cacao yeah, yeah. The, the trick is honestly to eat breakfast there on a weekday.
0: I was there on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah.
1: But so Valona and, and I there was nobody there. tried to go to lunch there on a Friday. We showed up at 11 o'clock yeah. and there was a 30 to 40 minute wait. Yeah. And I was like, we, if we would have been 30 minutes earlier, it would have been fine. Yeah. Um, I also love the breakfast at Cafe Evoke in Edmond. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our go-to on any given weekend, if we can get in, we usually can sneak in a seat at the bar is Neighborhood Jam.
0: Yes. Are you a traditional breakfast lover, or like a pancake kind of like I want sweet stuff?
1: Um, always savory, and I actually don't really like breakfast at all. Okay. So I'm ordering more of like the lunch
0: hybrid type sure. stuff, which is very easy at Cacao. Yeah. Yeah. The tea is what I get at the c- at Cacao. It's so good. crispy mochileno or pupusas with my the mind. vodka frita on top is so good. And again, they do great social media too. I mean, it definitely entice you. I am not, their drinks, their coffee's great. Well, it helps when your food yes. is beautiful. That does help. Their um, pancakes that they post with all the syrup on it and the fruit and, and someone, so somebody could print I have print a out story
1: wall. about Cafe Cacao, my Cheesecake Factory years. Yeah. Um, Veronica, but I knew her as Alba, yeah. was the, the salad station. Uh, chef when I worked at Cheesecake Factory and I was a server and so we were always really good friends and talking and I actually remember the night she leaned over the window towards the end of the night and she goes Fee I have to tell you something and I was like okay what's up she's like I'm opening a restaurant and I just think back now how crazy that was and even like her kids they used to come in all the time and seeing them grown up and now when we go there, so yeah, great. she's amazing.
0: What a woman. I mean, Luigi has been on a long time ago to tell the story and it's it's unbelievable what they've done, right? And and yeah, I mean the food They made Guatemalan
1: breakfast mainstream in OKC.
0: Yeah.
1: It's it's unher- unheard of. It's I mean like it's like what Chef Jeff has done with Air and Lao cuisine, mm-hmm. you know, before that anyone who even they knew Lao food; it was just hidden on a Thai restaurant menu. So,
0: yeah, stuff uh, like that
1: is incredible.
0: Finishing up, just in the instance of time for you, um, what, um, what is stuff for the new year that you, we should put on the radar for people? Like, there is, you know, bartenders that people should, you know, go get a drink from, or chefs or places that they, they should go. um What's kind of like your under the radar? Here's my few things for you for the people listening to keep an eye out in the new year
1: oh that's a tough question
0: it's okay we can edit out and the thing is
1: for me nothing is under the radar yes if if it's on my radar I want it to be on your radar too so I would say if you want to know what I'm eating follow me on my social media try to keep it relevant been really busy so that's why you get like a whole dump of posts on a saturday morning or a thursday night at 11 p.m but i would say just follow me there but i think the biggest thing and we talked about this kind of before we started recording was we are so lucky for what we have here in oklahoma city as far as bars restaurants coffee shops breweries all of it and if there's a place you love a business you love a favorite dish a favorite cocktail favorite coffee, whatever it is, support them and make sure you're intentional. Don't be on autopilot and just go to that restaurant or bar around the corner because it's right by your house and the Uber is cheaper. Be intentional. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Post a picture of it, of whatever you're eating, if it's extra delicious, and um, be their biggest fans because that's the only way we're going to ensure that we continue to have this luxury of options. Yeah.
0: You mentioned breweries. We haven't talked about that yet. Favorite brewery?
1: Favorite brewery? I think the prettiest brewery is Vanessa House, hands down. Their space is gorgeous. My favorite beer to drink is Prairie. I'm weird. I like Sours and Stouts, and they do it best, both of them.
0: Yeah. Um, I want to say, I'm scrolling through your Instagram. Final thing let's talk about is your, you were part of the, you did a little thing with the Thunder. How was that? Didn't you? I mean, look. I'm looking at your Instagram post. There was a Thunder stuff. Talk oh, yeah. How has that been? For someone who works in downtown, obviously the vote passed, the team stuff, all that big kind of buzz and how also the Thunder do such a great job of being a part of the community as well, kind of tie in, you know, like your job for downtown, your job for, not quote, in quotes, blog job, because it is a job, because it's mm-hmm. just it takes a lot of time. Even though you love doing it, it doesn't feel like a job, but time wise it is downtown take a bite thunder what's it like to have a be involved in you know the thunder stuff as well
1: so i mean the thing about all of that whether it's me and take a bite downtown and the thunder is all it's all about community and the thunder is so much more than basketball yes i go to the basketball games but i go there to socialize and hang out um don't ask me the score usually. I can usually tell you if we, we won or lost, but the Thunder is critical for everything that's happening. And we're so lucky from a nonprofit perspective, so many nonprofits rely on the Thunder's partnerships um, throughout the year to meet their bottom line and to enhance their programming and to um, power their mission. So for me, I have great relationships with the Thunder through work and then personally. So any chance to partner with them is I'm happy to do it and I'm thrilled about how the vote went and the fact that we are setting ourselves up for success in the future and to keep the momentum going
0: yeah it's critical I think for and a lot of people weren't happy with the deal or whatever it was structured I saw some no's, and it was what 70 to 30 roughly that it passed but long term it's I've, well, who are we without the Thunder, right? Like, it's very hard to find an identity, and I don't want to get a hockey team because I hate hockey, right? Like, and we're never going to get an NFL team because college football is not Yeah, here, I think so. that Thunder
1: has become a huge part of Oklahoma City's mm-hmm. identity, and it's, it's a piece of our identity that we want to keep, and we can do that by um continuing to support them but i think time and time again what we've seen and what's really special about oklahoma city is it's a community that chooses to invest in itself um and i think the results of that vote shows that
0: yeah 100 um fee it's been an absolute pleasure i'm glad we finally got to do this um we need to do this at least once a year because every restaurant's changing and there's new new things coming and going um the one thing i can take away from this is just your love for community and the food and drink is centered around that it's not just about food it's about what food does in the vehicle that it is and so i can definitely see that in the way that you talk and the way that you foster community and people through your Instagram page is, is obviously very, very obvious. So thank you for spending an hour of your time to come share some awesome stories and to point out to people listening some great places for food. And for people listening, go follow Fee at Take a Bite OK on Instagram and start ticking off the list of the places she's been to because um, you won't regret it the
1: list just you can't eat fast enough the list just gets longer and longer and that's how lucky we are and i can't yeah thanks for having me on always happy to talk about food and now that we've got some of this history down i hope the next time we can dive right into food and really yes. can blow people's minds with what they're missing out on
0: we could, that's one thing i told um I forget his name, guy from Edible, Stuart from Edible. Stuart, I I told Stuart. Stuart from Edible, I said, for 2024, I want to do more food content because it's something I don't do enough of. So um, I am down to do more food content. So anyway, for people listening, I hope you're really hungry and uh, you should go spend some of your dollars locally. Go to Fees Instagram, find some of those local spots, and you will not regret it. But thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you in the next episode. Cheers. Hope you guys enjoyed that great episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, huge shout out to our sponsors, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, sharing Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.Oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. Our other sponsor, the Chickasaw Nation, do most of my old changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new, used um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever. I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, diffyford.net, and then on Instagram at diffyfordlincoln. This episode is presented by Citizens Bank of Edmund. Citizens Bank of Edmund has been serving Edmond since 1901. They pride themselves on investing in the community and are here for all your personal and business banking needs. For more information, go to mycitizens.bank and follow them on Instagram at citizensedmond, as well as Go bank there because I bank there too. It's been a fantastic personal experience for me. I've had my podcast account there now, my podcast business account there now for a few, four years now, I think. And it's been fantastic. So definitely worth your time. They're a great group of people and they're always there to answer the phone when I forget my password because I seem to forget it daily. Um, So yeah, go to Citizens Edmund and um, check them out. It's been awesome. Thank you for listening.